Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, coming to you with another fantastic interview. I am so excited to interview Charla Dincoy. She's the founder and CEO of the Repositioning Expert, a division of Coach Tactics, Coach Tactics, that's a little bit of a tongue twister, and marketing (laughs) strategist who helps professional service companies change their messaging to attract more decisive, more decision makers, which is everything we need to do as an entrepreneur and small business owner. In her former life, Chala was an award-winning marketer at companies such as Pepsi, Pizza Hut, Frito-Lay, Playtex and BIC Inc. or BIC, I guess you would call that BIC yeah. for 20 years. <laughs> now she's a marketing consultant, the author of Gentle Marketing, A Gentle Way to Attract Loads of Clients and How to Win Friends, The Apple Way Wins Customers, The Way Apple Wins Customers. My reading is horrible today. So. <laughs> is there waves on the boat? <laughs> I know. Sometimes it's on? like, I don't know. I, I think I might have to get my head examined. Anyway, in addition, Chala is a regular featured expert on major television networks such as ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox. And I'm just so excited to talk with you, Chala. How are you today? I am great. Not as good as you, Jim, on a boat. I'm so jealous. I know. And when, when we were doing our little green room chat, I had to spin my computer around as much as possible to prove that I was on a boat because Chala wanted to see it. So it's, I know. It's so exciting. Well, you know, I love the whole topic of... Um, you know, uh, marketing, communication, and it's all about connecting with, with the right uh, right people, aka decision makers, no matter whether you're working and, you know, going after larger companies or small business owners. So, I want to dig right into that, but I always like to do a little bit of a background. When did you become an entrepreneur and, and how did, what did that story look like? Well, I mean, I don't know if you started your life like working for someone else. I think you did, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, you did, right? So, I mean, I did that for 18 years and I worked for some big, like you, you name them, giant corporations. And then I always had this dream of being my own boss because I'm kind of bossy. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, like I just want to pick the people I work with. And, and of course, that flexibility is always so sexy. But, um, you know, I thought, oh, I'm going to go out and get a, um, <laughs> I don't know if you did this, but I thought, oh, if I go get certified or get this, you know, education under my belt, and I went and certified as a coach. And mm-hmm. I thought, oh, that's it. You know, that's it. Now I hang have a the business, shingle, right? the money's going to roll in. Right? That's it. <laughs> that's what I, and of course, that didn't work. Um, I kept working at the same time as having clients on the side. And it took me seven years to dare to leave, right? That's why it's, it's like 18 years of corporate. Yeah. And once I left um and you know everybody says oh you know how did you make the leap well i had a big fight really let's be honest and um it lasted two years with a woman who was you know not taking her medication i think um at work oh boy and uh you know my my boss didn't know how to handle it he was much younger and uh he just ignored it which so many um so many bosses do so it was i thank that woman every day if i saw her walking in the street i would just kiss her on the lips because I'm just like so grateful to her because if it weren't for her, I wouldn't have what I have today. And 
so when I left and started starving as a coach, <laughs> <laughs> I looked around and there were so many other starving coaches with me, Jim. So then I thought, okay, Chala, what did you learn as you did all this marketing for these big brands is, well, we used to launch, um, I don't know if you ever worked in the sort of consumer packaged goods space, but we used to launch new products every year. So of course, even, everything like, new and improved year. and yeah. Right. So, and so I, we, we, I had to learn how to differentiate each one. I had to learn how to position each one so they don't eat each other for lunch. They have to be on the shelf, on the same shelf without that. And they all have to sell without, you know, cannibalizing each other. So then I looked into, you know, what I was and I was just another product and that's, that's right. what I did. So I, I niched down to marketing from, you know, generic coaching and, and my business started to flow a little bit. And then I niched down into niching because nobody knew. Everybody said you need to have a niche, but nobody knew how to pick one. So then, you know, I became a niching coach and then it really started to move. And then I super niched like two years ago into elevator pitches. So now I'm an elevator pitch coach and then my business exploded. That is really something. Now I have to ask, did the, the repositioning expert evolve your message, elevate your sales? Is that, is that your fine work? Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, listen, I had a coach because this is what I do for a living. I was too close to it. So my coach and I worked on that together for sure. It's beautiful. I love that. I mean, one of the things I think is important in business, and by the way, my first years in my backstory, my first year was revenue free. That's my sanitized way of saying it took me a year to get my first client. But I love it. I think what's really important um, is the name of your company and or the tagline really needs to paint a clear picture on the value and, and the benefit of doing business with you. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, I almost liken it now because, you know, in our boating lifestyle, when you see the names of boats, a lot of people will <laughs> um, name something that means something to them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I've had clients that have the name of a business, which intuitively in some inner circle where you're chanting it means something to them but it has it it shares in no way shape or form what they do oh (laughs) such a pet peeve you're so oh my god i'm in such violent agreement with you i had a client once who was a uh, carpet cleaner and um the the most important word being carpet and then clean was not any part of his name. It, oh. it had to do with the quality of the job he did. Like, yeah. um, I said, there's something missing here. If somebody Googles your name, they're not, they're, you know, and I don't want to go too much into that, but I said, we're going to have to, Jim, I've been in business 20 years. I think we really need to change the name of your business yeah. and you're going to start coming up in search engines and all this and that, which happened. Yeah. But, um, and the second thing, which I, so naming the company, but also <clears throat> the elevator pitch, what do you do? You know, yeah. you meet somebody at the elevator or you meet somebody at a <clears throat> cocktail party. What do you do? So yeah. that's pretty interesting. That's how you help people. Yeah. And you know, like you just went one step further than what I, what I do, like, which is I specialize in um, the elevator pitch. You went even one step further, which is the brand, which is the end, the tagline, which is even more condensed and has to convey so much. And so what I'll give you, it's such a good story and it's exactly the same as what you're saying. Um, I had a client who he had a consulting marketing consulting firm called GR, strategists or something gr marketers or something right and it it was a nod to his deceased british father and it was something around something between them like a private joke and so imagine like and how many business owners do that right yes or or they think they have to be corporate so they have like an acronym or something which is even worse 
you know, like letters. Like because Google people don't get it. They, they just don't get it. No. And so what we repositioned his business and he just had a marketing strategy, generic marketing strategy business. And he was, he was literally not getting any clients. And he like was 61 years old. He had had a full career on the client side. And now he was moving into doing this gig on his own. And then he hired me and we super niche and we did the research and we super niched him into helping food manufacturers get listed and stay listed in grocery stores because that's their number one problem. It's like, you know, Janet's cookies and grandma's sauce is never going to make it into Whole Foods or, you know, right. into like grocery stores. So that's what we super niched him at. And then we did the research and people told us that the words they always use is food distribution to get them food distribution. So he became the fooddistributionguy.com. And wow. to this day, and he, like right off, he got seven clients right away. And we're talking multiple five-figure clients. And then um, he- That URL was available? Well, no, we, we have to put a guy on it. Like, you okay. know, food distribution was not available, but food distribution guy was. So we do this with a, a lot of my clients. We do guy, gal, diva, guru, like, you know, put a personality spin on the name and then it's available. Yes. So those are, but so like he went, he became so successful that again, at the, at that same year, he asked his girlfriend to marry him and I take full credit for that. And he, you know, like invited me to his wedding and don't ever go to a wedding by yourself, Jim. Okay. I thought it would be like networking. It is not. So it was quite awkward at the kid's table, but he thanked me in his speech, but it was all good. But it all comes down to what you were saying. It has to convey and have, have the key search words in the name. Well, when I started in 2001, my first business, I thought it was very, uh, very highbrow to call it dynamic communication because mm. <laughs> one of the things I did was help people communicate, but I really offered um, newsletter services. Well, my second oh. business, which was kind of my, my, my big success, I called No Hassle Newsletters, and I became the newsletter guru, and that just... Perfect. I mean, that's what catapulted me. And then you from see? there, I, then I created Concierge Print and Mail on Demand. Nice. Concierge, a level of service, print and mail on demand whenever you want it. And others in that course, Dream Business Coach, Dream Business Mastermind, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So names are so important. And I think yeah. people really struggle with it. Um, yeah. And I don't know whether it's they're not creative or they don't see, you know, again, they're too close to their business. And the other thing I happen to believe is that they, they don't want to be appear too braggadocious, which is, you know, was it Zig or somebody said, you know, uh, timid salespeople have hungry kids or something like that. <laughs> you know, I love so, that. Yeah. I love that man. I love that man with a short name. Yeah. Uh, I, you know what? Like years and years and years ago, I read, um, a really good advice about naming your company and here it is. And it's stood the test of time. Picks if you work in an English speaking market, pick and sometimes even if not, pick a, 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 a very simple English word in the English language and the and that ha, that relates to something you do. And the shorter it is, the the more money you'll make. And the best example they give is Staples. Mm. That's the best brand name ever because it so relates totally to you know what they do, the category office supplies, and so simple. So yes. easy to spell, so easy to search. So those are some of the, like, and yeah, like I, it's so important. You're right. 
And how about a couple of those guys who were just so forward thinking? It kills me when people do this that went and registered, like when the internet gets cars.com and you know, mm-hmm. all these different words, which were just, they were just registering them probably for 50 cents and sold them for a million dollars or I something. I know. Th- those are, yeah, forward thinking for sure. So let's talk about elevator pitches or, yeah. you know, I guess that's the right way to think about it because that's how people, you know, they they refer to that initial conversation, whether you're networking or whether you're just meeting with somebody. So what's, is there a formula or a strategy or Absolutely. how do you? Absolutely. Oh, I will okay. give you the formula. All right. I will give it to you. It is so simple. First, you have to figure out who you help and, um, and, and the who is really, I insist for my clients that it's, if you're B2B, it has to be an industry. And if it's B2C, it has to be an interest group. And I'll give you the example of why. Um, have you ever worked with wealth advisors, like financial planners? Yes. Okay, dime a dozen, right? Hard to differentiate. So That's right. We, this, this lovely woman, she was an independent. She didn't work for a bank. But so like the more the onus was on her to get more clients and nobody wanted to, no stranger wanted to talk to her about money because it's highly personal and it's very emotional. And she was a stranger. So she was like really struggling um, because she had tapped out of her Rolodex. I mean, I don't even know if young people know what a Rolodex is, but she had tapped out of her contacts list. (laughs) And (laughs) I know. (laughs) And, And so we super niched her into divorcing women and helping them maintain their lifestyle after the divorce because, um, that's apparently what happens. I mean, I'm divorced too, but I'm not the typical, like I make way more than most women, but apparently when you're divorcing and you're a woman, uh, it's really scary because they're, in most of the cases, they cannot continue the lifestyle to which they're accustomed, right? Right. That's what she, we super niched her into. And then when, because she was B2C, we definitively picked a group that self-gathers and we looked and we did the research. There's 22 meetup groups in Toronto alone that gather around divorcing women. Did you know that? I would have thought there'd be 220. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, and her business started to fly because we um, made sure that she attended those and started to educate women. And now people were running after her because they were in desperate need of her services because her entire positioning was based in a very specific group's pain. So that's the second part of the formula is what problem do you solve that's really painful or expensive? So the formula begins with who you help, with what problem, and what do you do to help them? And that's it. So I'll give you mine. And then if you're game, I can even do yours. I can fix yours if you want. Well, let, let, I, I've got more questions, but I'm, okay, I'm, all right. I'm, awesome. I'm good for now. With, I, 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 I want to focus on my audience. Believe me, that's fun. All right. Well, so I'll give you mine just to give you an example okay. of the formula. Did you know that three out of four business owners never get asked for a business card or an appointment when they do their elevator pitch to their prospect? Well, what I do is I fix what they're saying so that every time they speak to them, every hello turns into a meeting. So that's mine. So very what cool. questions do you have? Yeah. Well, I'm curious. I, I want to go to the niching thing because I'm really yeah. fascinated with the whole, because, you know, I don't know if you know Dan Kennedy, big mentor of mine, yes. you know, there's riches and niches and I really mm-hmm. believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, so how can you tell if the business model you have right now is a good niche? Um, and I think the part B of that question is 
you know, niching, you can go down three levels or 13 levels, right? To really, really super niche. And I, one of the things that some of the people that I've worked with, they fear that if I go too niched, I'm going to be losing other opportunities, right? So mm-hmm. uh, how do you answer that? Well, you know, uh, we, we test it. So that's the thing. Like, I don't decide whether you're too niched. I don't tell you whether you're not niched enough. Like, I don't decide which niche either. And I don't let you do that. What we do is we make a set of assumptions and we go out and ask the market and the market, we don't ask the consumers, the, the customers you already have, they already know, like, and trust you. We ask potential prospects who could be a lead for you. And we ask them around their pain points and whether they would hire someone like you for their pain points. And we ask them whether they would pay you the amount of money you want to make for solving that pain point. And ta-da, in two weeks, you find out. The market tells you. They say, no, I would die before I pay you that for that. Or they say, yes, oh my God, can I please hire you? It's really interesting because I've done surveys of, of my list and you know, I've been doing this almost 20 years now. And, and it's interesting. One of the questions I usually put in, there's a nugget here, folks, so pay attention. One of the last mm-hmm. things I do when I walk them through a series of six or seven questions is, you know, an open-ended question instead of what would you pay, you know, <clears throat> and then you give them three choices with a range. I said, you know, what would be your no-brainer price? What would be a price where you, you had to swallow hard but ultimately said yes? And what would be, you know, what would be a price which would be just too far out of the ballpark? And then you let people tell you, because I'll tell you, most entrepreneurs, they think too low, mm. right? And um, <clears throat> a lot of times people – I had in mind, I was doing a program a couple of years ago and I, I think, I said, you know, I'm going to do it online. It'll be group format. So I was thinking 497. Well, there was a good percentage of the group that said this is probably worth, you know, a thousand to $1,500. Mm-hmm. But the vast majority of people said the no brainer price wouldn't even have to think about it, it would be 497. So I put it out at 497 and I sold all the spots in 32 minutes. Awesome. So that's the power of, as you say, having, you know, one thing is doing the market research and, and, the, and there's a lot of different ways to do that. So I agree yeah, with pricing, that. Pricing is a, you know, a funny animal. I changed my mind about pricing. I did pricing until uh, the cows came home. I mean, I worked for uh, Bic Pens. I managed the entire stationary category, which wasn't just pens. It was also like highlighters and um, correction and uh, Schaefer, like just uh, 720 SKUs I managed. Wow. So I had to manage pricing for 720 SKUs and we had pricing changes every year. And I had to, you know... Um, I had to decide that. So, and then I had to convince the board uh, of, you know. In a big company like that, Chala, are you doing that based on market share, new competitors, or, you know, if you have bigger market share, do you keep pushing up the, the you know, the, the cost a little bit or? A lot of it, but it, it unfortunately, um, the accounts have become so powerful in consumer packaged goods, like the yeah. accounts meaning Walmart and Costco. Uh, they're just too strong. So they have their pricing. So you do the regular pricing for the product and then you do their special account pricing. Okay. But it, it all it's all uh, linked together and it has to do with strategies around what new products are coming out, uh, what the company mandate is. It all has to dial back up to the company uh, goal that we're trying to hit for that category. It's, it's a crazy, crazy spreadsheets we're talking, <laughs> crazy software we're yeah. talking to do that. So you can imagine, I know a little bit about pricing. So what shook me to the core when I uh, went out on my own and decided to have a business was I um, hired a, a coach who was very expensive. He was $15,000 for three months. 
Mm. And you only talk to him like half an hour, <laughs> like something ridiculous. <laughs> and so, um, but what he, what he taught me is price is irrelevant to uh, the amount of what people get. It's the result. That's right. And your price is your position. So th like that to me was a huge lesson because honestly, the, for the exact same thing, the exact same person, and that's what I did. I quadrupled my prices overnight and I tripled my sales that year. My whole income tripled after the age of 40, you know, and that's, so to me, it was a huge lesson that price really has nothing to do with what the market will bear. It has to do with what you will bear, <laughs> what you, you'll be able to throw, say without throwing up in your mouth. It's also, it's also very representative of the value that people will perceive in their mind. Yes, so some sir. people think, well, yes, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do, and they go to A to Z and all this stuff and they go, and it's only, you know, $500. Well, there's a big disconnect there. Huge, Something yeah. must be wrong, right? Exactly. But if it's $5,000, again, yeah. people might gulp, but they say, mm, this is going to be worth it. I'll go for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you have you heard of that uh, wine research they did on pricing? They had the exact same wine, but in two different, you know, uh, price points in the same bottle. And, you know, obviously two different uh, control groups. And then the, and they hooked up um, connectors to their brain, to their pleasure center. And there was uh, like twice or three times more activity in the pleasure center for the expensive wine. Oh my God. And it's the same wine. <laughs> it's the same wine. And so they, they, like so much research exists around learning and around performance. If people pay more for a coaching program, they learn more and they do more. And it, I've seen it in, in, like in person, like I, when I overnight uh, quadrupled my price, I saw one, the different uh, caliber of people that were coming in and two, they really, they had skin in the game. So, cause it hurt them to spend that much money or, you know, it meant something to them to spend that much money. So they implemented, so they got results. Yeah, the late, great Gary Halbert, a real famous yeah. copywriter and did a lot of um, <clears throat> coaching as well. I heard him say one time that, um, the, the higher the price, the better quality the client. He goes, I used to have people, yeah. I, they, would pay, they would pay like $15,000 for a half day. And this was like 30 years ago. Wow. So $15,000 for a half day. And I'd go in his office and client A, he'd tell me the problem and I could solve it literally in the first 15 minutes. But I would, I would have you know, a, a, a computer and I'd spit out reams of paper and we'd do tons and tons of stuff. And before I left, I gave him the answer. And then he said, I would have a client B who 20 minutes in, he goes, okay, we're done. Thank you so much for coming out. And he goes, well, that's only 20 minutes. He goes, you gave me what I need to, to make another couple million bucks. Thank you so much. And he left. Yeah. He said, when you're focused on the result and not yeah. you know, squeezing every last drop of juice from yeah. the lemon, yeah. um, it, it makes a big difference. So we only got about uh, three minutes left. Oh my so God, it's so nice. I know. I love these marketing calls. What are, what are some of the mistakes people make in their messaging? And I don't just mean like uh, elevator pitch uh -huh. when you're face to face, but maybe on a business card or maybe on the website. Yeah, it's just too generic, Jim. Yeah. They're, they're saying the same thing as everybody else. They're, they're just making, you know, like a very generic name for whatever they do uh, or calling it what everybody else is saying. So that's the number one way to stand out in anything, even your business card, your tagline, everything is to super niche. And then you hook them into one hook and then you cross sell them everything else. So, I mean, like the wealth advisor, you think that woman didn't sell them everything after they got them through, you know, the divorce. That's right. 
right? I mean, tax planning, everything, you know, insurance, yeah. everything, yeah. but it starts with the niche. Yeah. Or the niche, as we say. <laughs> In Canada, we I call know. it. It's so funny. I know. Yeah. I love how you guys call it uh, niching because I used to try to say that I'm a niching coach and people thought I was saying I was like a knitting coach. Oh, my so goodness. Ask me knitting related questions. So what do you think? Has there been any um, any good things or bad things, any opportunities from the whole, you know, international pandemic that we've experienced and I guess to some degree we're still going through is how, how has that affected your business? Do you, did you do a lot of travel and is, <laughs> is it more Zoom now or what? <laughs> so uh, in terms of messaging, I got to tell you, it is so much more important for you to stand out and for you to be so much more concise and crisp. I've, I've done networking in Zoom rooms where you're, you, you have one go, you have like one and a half minutes and then the zoom room shuts down and you're shot into another zoom breakout room and you have five more people to meet and wow. you do it all over again. Yeah. And if you don't have it sharp, like, you know, you don't capture anybody's attention, you get shut out of the room and nobody asks you for your contact information. So it's an end. I've seen pitches like corporate pitches on zoom. And again, you have to text them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like I saw an online exhibition, you have to literally text the decision makers at the booth that is online in a conference. It's hilarious. That's really hardcore. I mean, boy, oh, talk yeah. about feet to the fire training. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better get your messaging right, eh? Talk about messaging. I know. You're going to go get in the fetal position and cry like a baby because <laughs> nobody wants yeah. you. No, and after that conference, you know how many emails I got? And, and they were women, like business owners, and they were saying, Chala, I lost so much money because I don't know what I'm saying. And I have this enormous million dollar business. So as a, you're, so how did you fix that? Or what was, what was it the became dr a client? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's how I fixed it for $29. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no way, man. No, I know. That's great. Wow. Well, congratulations. And, and this Thank is going to be you. a good year for you, huh? It sounds like it. Yeah, it's good. On my tombstone, it's going to say she never had to get on a plane again and quadrupled her sales. I mean, that is really one of the benefits, right, of having a, I mean, yeah. I've had a virtual business for a long time. And so I, I haven't missed just too many steps here. But I tell you <laughs> what, it's, I, you know, they're, they're saying that there's a lot of empty, um, uh, you know, Flights? skyscrapers, tall buildings. Oh in New York and stuff because really? there's a lot of companies that originally thought, well, we would rather have our people here, but now they're thinking, Hey, you know what? Life goes on. People actually do work at home because we can see the work getting done. And yeah. why do we have all this expensive real estate? Anyway, I'd love to have you back. What a, oh, what a fun conversation. Thank you. We've had. Yes, I know. It's, I've never done this with a person on a boat. <laughs> there you go. There's a lot of things I haven't done with a person on a boat. <laughs> well, there's a thing called the great loop, which means you can circumnavigate the whole Eastern part of the United States. Like you go all the way up through New York, uh, into Canada through the, there's this whole lock system and then down through the great lakes and then all down the Mississippi. you can like go all the way, which we're thinking of doing on our boat. So you oh never know. We, we might well, be going I'm coming to Toronto. visit. I'm, I'm going to bring my <laughs> scuba gear, dude. I'm there coming. you go. All right. Well, how can people connect with you? I'm sure they're, they're fascinated with what you're doing. And so give out some information. Yeah, there. I have a, um, a Facebook group that I'd love to invite people into. It's the repositioner.com slash society. It is for B2B CEOs who are looking for content connection and to fix their messaging. Wonderful. So what's the, what's the, where do you want them to go? Say it one more time. 
repositioner.com, which is my website, okay. slash society. Society. Oh, so highbrow. <laughs> <laughs> you would pick up on that. I know, right? Chala, <laughs> thanks so much. It was really, really a, a pleasure to connect with you. Thank you, Jim. All the best. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Chala Dinko. I'm going to definitely have her back. I know I occasionally say that to be polite, but this is going to happen for sure. <laughs> Love connecting with another smart market. Anyway, connect with me at getjimpalmer.com or dreambizcoaching, dreambizcoaching.com. But until this time next week, another fantastic interview. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, and you take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.